Welcome to it, uh, Skulls here. And my good pal, Alex Luchaferro, Sam Fury to Mark and LLP, also in attendance, doing all the heavy lifting as he does every Monday night, answering your questions. He will be the email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I'll give you some other contact information throughout the uh, 30 minutes so you can reach out, Alex, uh, after the show anytime. For that matter, the main topic in just a bit, maternity leave, true or false. We'll get to those. Maybe some email if we have time. And uh, we always get it rolling with the case of the day, pal. What do you got this week? Mr. Scholes, thanks very much. Great to be back talking employment law, talking workplace rights for employees and for employers as well. Uh, for mm-hmm. that matter, we're talking employment law all around here. We're, we're, uh, we're in the thick of summer, uh, uh, John, uh, right, uh, right smack in the middle of it. And despite that, it continues to be a, a busy time across our offices. Unfortunately, even at this time of year, employment disputes happen. People that get, get low, let go from their job. They get unfairly treated, demoted, or temporarily laid off illegally. All of this stuff continues to happen, and we continue to help these people with their workplace situations, John. Solving problems, giving advice, helping people get the severance that they're owed. Uh, The people that contact us are dealing with a difficult situation at work. They either don't know what to do, or they don't know how to respond to their employer. They need some sort of help, whatever the situation is. And particularly, they want to know what their rights are. They want to know what options they have, what their employer can and can't do. And as you very well know, John, that's what we do. It's the bread and butter of our work all day, every day. We help people resolve their workplace problems in exactly those kinds of uh, uh, scenarios. So if you're listening to the show right now, you're dealing with a difficult situation at work. You just, uh, it's on your mind or it's bothering you and maybe you've been let go from your job. You've been offered a severance package. Maybe your boss is treating you badly. Maybe your employer is asking you to change something about your terms of employment. Maybe they're asking you to accept a different kind of compensation structure. Maybe they're asking you to change position. Really, whatever difficulty you're dealing with, if you're in one of these situations as an employee, let's talk, let's solve that problem, let's try and alleviate some of that workplace stress and concern. I always encourage our listeners, do not be shy. There are absolutely no bad questions when it comes to employment law. Uh, we're here to talk, we're here to help. Give us a call at the office. John's already given you the number. He'll give it to you again over the course of the show plenty of times. You can certainly call us there as well. Um, you mentioned the case of the day, John. That's where yeah. we always start uh, with, with these shows. It's an opportunity to talk about uh, a matter that came across my desk uh, either today or very recently. I actually got an email, uh, uh, John, from a, a very nice lady who, uh, who watches our TV show, actually. This was on Friday, mind you. Uh, and it was actually just a very brief email saying, Mr. Lucifero, I was let go from my job. How long does the company have to provide me with a record of employment and to pay out you know, my last pay and my vacation pay and whatnot. Um, and she said, you know, it's been a week. I'm still waiting for my record of employment. She was, you know, it was a fairly lengthy email, John, and she kept going on and on and on about her record of employment. This was clearly the key issue for her. And, and fair enough, John, she wanted to apply for employment insurance. And of course, in a situation where you've been let go from your job and you need to apply for EI, for employment insurance, you need your record of employment. You need to provide your record of employment to Service Canada or the company does. And, and that's what uh, allows you to start collecting. And so I wrote this lady back. I said, why don't, you know, why don't we have a quick chat? Uh, let me give you a call. And, uh, and we did. And when I spoke to her, I found out she'd been working at this company for about 11 years. Uh, John wasn't making huge money. This is a kind of relatively low-level position. I think she was making, very generally, John, making about $40,000 a year. 
And when they let her go, John, they offered her about five months of pay. I think it was about 20 weeks of pay, uh, all told. And, uh, and she thought that was fine. She really didn't have any issues about, uh, about, or questions that is about her severance. Again, she wanted to know about the record of employment. She wanted to know about her vacation pay and her unpaid wages. And of course, you probably know where this is going, John. As soon as I talked yes. to her, I said, well, listen, the record of employment is, is important. Don't get me wrong. Your vacation pay is important. Don't get me wrong. But you're actually owed a heck of a lot more severance that the company has uh, offered you. Did you sign anything? So I asked her, did she sign any kind of acceptance of the severance offer? And the good news is she said no. She said, no, I didn't sign anything. That's what they offered me, and I, that's where they left it. Mm-hmm. And I told her, well, actually, you know, they've offered you about 20 weeks of pay. Based on 11 years of service in her age and position, John, she's looking at 12 months as severance yeah. as her actual entitlements. So that's a full year of pay, John, not five months like she was offered. When I told her that, she was floored. I mean, it's not what she reached out to us for. And, of course, I spoke to her, explained the law to her, explained uh, how severance works. And so now she understands that it's not really a record of employment issue, although we're going to get that taken care of as well. But she's dealing with a severance issue here, uh, John. And, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is were it not for her question about this kind of administrative record of employment and vacation pay, kind of these items, this lady would have gladly just taken the five months of pay, left 25 grand on the table without even knowing it. And this happens a lot, John. I mean, many people contact us and they are curious about the reason for termination uh, or they're curious about, again, vacation pay or records of employment like this lady's case. And it's not those that those questions are bad. Don't get me wrong, John. It's just that the focus uh, is incorrect in the sense right. that severance is always going to be an employee's most important entitlements when they're let go. That is going to be the big ticket item uh, by far. So you can have questions about the reason for termination, or you can have questions about vacation pay, uh, etc. Maybe about a letter of reference, for example. But when you skip over the severance part, uh, you know you're clearly missing the big ticket item. As I as I said, people might just assume that maybe their employer is doing the right thing, or that the number is yeah. correct, or whatever the rationale is. They just assume that it it is what it is. And in this case, thankfully, this lady hadn't signed anything. It had just happened. She was just let go uh, last week. So we're going to be able to help this lady get the severance that she's owed. But again, there's an important lesson here. When you're let go from your employment, you're owed severance. There may be other issues at play. Don't get me wrong. But you're usually going to be owed a lot more than what your employer has offered you as severance. And so, again, an important lesson. That should be the focus always, always. We're going to take one little uh, quick dash of a break. We return the Monday night edition of Employment Law Show. Stand by. And we're going to get to our uh, maternity leave. Uh, true or false here in just a minute with Alex Lucifero from The Firm. You want to reach out to Alex anytime. By the way, we're not on the air. Do so. one 821 5900 But, uh, Mike, thanks for hanging in there for a couple minutes, pal. How are you? Not too bad. How are you guys tonight? Good. Good, sir. What's on your mind? Uh, my buddy's factory is closing down. They took two plants and they decided to make them into one. And his plant is now being moved out of province. Um, so his job is going to be gone by next year. Wow. Uh, I was just wondering with working with the union and he's got over 30 years, like what, what sort of expectations should he be receiving for a severance package or is that up to the union? Yeah, it's an interesting question, um, Mike, and we, of course, appreciate the call. So when you're a unionized employee, 
uh, Mike, and this is very different, of course, to non-unionized workers, a unionized employee is bound by a collective agreement. So that is the agreement between the union and the employer, and that will lay out in black and white, you know, and, and as I'm sure you can appreciate, these are negotiated every few years, it will lay out in black and white all of the terms of employment. Uh, 99.9 out of uh, uh, out of 100 times, Mike, that collective agreement will have termination language in it that spells out exactly what an employee is going to be owed when they're let go. So this is one of those situations, Mike, where your friend's going to have to have a look at his collective agreement, or he could speak to his union, of course, uh, and they'll be able to tell him exactly how much severance he's going to be owed. Uh, it might even be something that, because of the circumstances, maybe there's some degree of negotiation there between the union and uh, and the employer. But okay. your friend's going to be bound by the union, and Mike, and bound by that collective agreement. It's not going to be based okay. on his years of service necessarily, or age, or, okay. or position, as compared to non-unionized employees, okay. where age, position, and years of service are exactly the factors that yeah. are taken into consideration. If he's been, you know, in a non-unionized setting. Mike, if your friend would have been yeah. there for 35 yeah. years and he's kind of up there in age, he would have been looking at 24 months of pay, two years of pay as his severance entitlements easily. That's, I can tell you in a unionized yeah. setting, however, it's not going to be that. It's probably going to be a good amount less than that, probably far less than that, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Lots of positive things, lots of positive aspects yeah. of unionized work, job security, pay, etc. I can yeah. tell you severance isn't one of the positives when it comes to unionized workplaces. Okay, yes. Obviously, I'm a non-unionized worker, and I've listened to your program mm -hmm. religiously, so I'm like, oh, well, he should, like you said, uh, you know, your your severance isn't always two weeks per year of service, depending That's on your That's exactly right. Now. So I was like, well, hopefully he can get up in the, into the higher bracket, and then uh, your screener asked uh, if he was unionized, and I guess it kind of clicked that they are the one in control of everything yeah that's right it's going to be up to the union and the employer uh mike and unfortunately your friends are just going to have to go along with uh with whatever those decisions uh are and uh, and again i wouldn't be surprised if his if his severance entitlements are effectively uh kind of the minimums under the employment standards yeah. act which in your friend's case might be something like 34 weeks of pay listen i wish your friend all the best uh, uh mike hopefully you can find the new job uh, sooner rather than later, if not very quickly, and uh, hopefully on to bigger and better things. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. Uh, Tony, thanks for standing by. How are you, pal? Not by yourself, guys. Good, man. What's up? i got a problem here. I, I, my employer is playing games, and uh, he's holding back my pay, not giving my record of employment, holding mm. back my pay, hasn't paid overtime and all that. And the reason why he's doing that is because uh, I called the Ministry of Labor where uh, – uh, my uh, co-worker uh, fell through a flight of stairs up in Collingwood where we were working. And I'd like to know uh, if you guys can help me with this because uh, I've been waiting uh, several months now and I don't know where, where to turn to. Yeah, tough spot, Tony. I mean, whenever your employer is holding back, back pay like that uh, in response to the Ministry of Labor claim, the first word that comes to mind from a legal perspective is reprisal. An employer actually cannot punish you, cannot hold you back your pay, cannot treat you any differently because you filed a claim with the Ministry of Labor. So if that's the case, you've got a strong argument right there that you're being unfairly punished. The Ministry can actually come down pretty hardly on an employer for that reason. Um, listen, Tony, kind of long story short, you absolutely need 
the expert advice of an employment lawyer uh, here. Don't try and don't try and do this yourself any any further. More than happy to have a chat with you off air. Let's get into the details of exactly what the situation is, what you're owed, how to how to go about getting it the best, the most efficient way to getting this issue resolved. The Ministry of Labor, Tony, is a tough one because they're good for some things. If you're looking at overtime pay, if you're pursuing vacation pay, maybe unpaid wages, sure, deal with the Ministry of Labor. If we're talking severance, if we're talking about more complicated issues, you don't want to deal with the Ministry of Labor. They're not going to be efficient. They're not going to be effective. Give us a call off air. John will give you the number. Again, let's have a chat. Let's figure out the best way moving uh, moving forward. Are you still actually working for these guys, uh, Tony, or do they just owe you money? They didn't even give me a termination letter, nothing. I went over there, asked for my pay, and, and my uh, my boss assaulted me and had to call the police on me. He, he basically swung a, a shovel to my head. Okay, so uh, obviously some pretty serious uh, issues there. I mean, that's effectively a criminal issue, so we can deal we can deal with that as well and have a chat about that as well. But listen, if they're you know if you were employed there and they sent you home, or if that's the way it ended, clearly there's a severance entitlement there. Uh, again, sounds like a situation where we need to go into detail and uh, and have a chat. Don't be shy to give us a call, uh, uh, Tony, and uh, and we'll take it from there. I'm sure we can figure out a way moving forward. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you reaching out, pal, tonight. And here is a number to carry forth, which I know you will, one 821 5900 Help at employment Once the uh, shovel starts swinging in people's heads, that's when you got to get some help for sure. That's uh, that's a pretty nasty situation for sure. Okay, pal. Alex, here we go. Maternity leave, true or false? Number one, if a woman is pregnant when accepting a new job, she must advise the employer of the pregnancy. True or false, pal? It is, perhaps somewhat surprisingly, John, false. Mm-hmm. Uh, an, uh, uh, a, a woman that's pregnant doesn't have to actually advise the employer that she's pregnant during a job interview. Uh, there's no ob- there's no legal obligation on uh, on the person uh, to do so. Uh, th- there is a degree of kind of common sense and practicality yeah. uh, here, John, that I think needs to be addressed and considered. Listen, if you're uh, you know uh, seven, eight, nine months uh, pregnant and going into a job interview, I think it might be uh, you know obvious to a lot of people, so it may come up. But it's important to know. I mean, the reason why this this true or false question is so important is is that. Your employer cannot make a decision to hire or fire you, John, because of your pregnancy. Uh, and, and so that could not be factored into the analysis. They have to uh, you know, decide to do so, to hire or fire you on fair grounds, on the grounds of whether you're suitable for the position or not, etc. All of those regular grounds that would need to be considered. Pregnancy cannot be considered within that. If it is, then it's potentially a human rights issue. It's a human rights concern. And if your employer or if the employer is deciding not to hire a woman on the basis of her pregnancy, that would be discrimination under the Human Rights Code and a massive no for an employer. So as a woman, you don't have to advise an employer that that, uh, you're pregnant. You can go through that job interview process, accept the job, uh, even uh, while pregnant and without having advised the employer of same. And and that's something that, you know, is very, very obvious and clear. Maternity leave, true or false? Number two, an employer can be disciplined. An employee rather can be disciplined if her performance suffers because of her pregnancy. True or false? Yeah, clearly, clearly not, John. Clearly false. I think uh, lots of our listeners, and certainly our our longtime listeners, will know you can't discipline an employee uh, if if they're having 
you know, effectively health issues, John, and we could we could think of a yeah. pregnancy in that way, right? So if you're suffering in your job, maybe you're having to take additional time off or you can't get to certain tasks as quickly. Again, you have to take more frequent breaks, perhaps, as another example. If you're having all of these issues and your performance is being affected because of your pregnancy, your employer cannot discipline you for those things. They cannot punish you simply because you're pregnant. I'll give you the other side of that coin, John, just for argument's sake here. Now, if right. your performance is suffering, irregardless of your health status, right, irregardless of your medical status and your pregnancy, uh, right, if that is a completely you know, non-factor in the equation, well, then, of course, your employer can discipline you as an employee, right? If you're not doing something well, if you're not doing something right, mm -hmm. again, regardless of your pregnancy and your, your health status, well, then it's fair game, right? Your employer can absolutely discipline you, reprimand you, suspend you, even terminate you, perhaps, despite the pregnancy. But it can't be related to the pregnancy leave uh, or, or the actual pregnancy, John, and any issues that come out of that. It's effectively accommodation, like any other accommodation would be provided in the circumstances. And in that respect, my, not my last point on this, John, uh, you could tell I'm... Uh, I'm uh, I'm quite sensitive to these issues, and I'm uh, I'm quite uh, you know we always say don't mess with mama, so it's a very yeah. very important area of employment law here. Um, you want to be uh, clear that if you're having issues during your pregnancy and you need some sort of accommodation as an employee, again maybe you need more frequent breaks, maybe you need to change your work schedule, go to your doctor. Uh, as a pregnant woman, go to your doctor, get a medical note from your doctor saying the employer needs to do X, Y, and Z. Give that note to your employer and they need to play ball. Again, they can't punish you. They can't reprimand you simply because you need those accommodations. That is a right that every single employee has when they're dealing with whether it's pregnancy or any other medical issue. Next one, employment or rather a maternity leave, true or false, the employer can hire a replacement for the employee who's going on pregnancy or parental leave. Is that true or false? Yeah, no, no issues here, John. Absolutely true. You can absolutely hire a replacement for an employee going on, on pregnancy leave. Not an issue whatsoever, and it makes perfect sense. Obviously, the business needs someone in that position while the employee's on leave, uh, right? You can fill that role internally, you can fill it externally, but you can absolutely fill the role either way. That's an easy one. Now, this one turns out to be a, a good replacement. The employer likes that replacement uh, employee better than the original, the real article, the one on maternity leave. The employer, well, they could just return the employee to a different position. It's not true or false. Mind you, this uh -huh. is maternity leave, not disability leave, right? Yeah, that's right. And so in this case, uh, John, uh, you cannot just like the replacement better. Uh, and then re and then replace uh, the employee who went on maternity leave with that employee permanently. The employee that's coming back from parental leave or maternity leave, uh, and both both uh, phrases are used in our laws, that employee, John, has the right to return to the same exact position that they left. So if that position exists, right, despite the fact that it's being uh, done by someone else, and maybe even, John, despite the fact that the employer likes that other person, likes <laughs> the replacement right. more, it doesn't matter. The employee coming back from maternity leave has the right to that position. There is one exception to that rule, John, and, F, and that is if the position is actually eliminated. Right. So if you're, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a sales manager at a particular job site and you leave on maternity leave, and the company decides to just eliminate that position completely, there are no longer any sales managers within uh, within that employer. It's just gotten uh, gotten rid of completely. Then the employee obviously doesn't have the ability, forget about the right, but there's just no sales manager position to come back to, so that's not going to happen. 
in that case, John, the employee still has the right to come back to a similar or comparable position. So it's not as easy for employers to just to just say, hey, the position's eliminated, you know, we're letting you go. The employer actually has a positive obligation to look for other comparable positions within the employer, even if that position that the maternity leave employee left doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, we got Rydia. You've been replaced by AI. You know you're going to be hearing that in the next uh, few years for sure. Last Please one is this, pal. <laughs> maternity leave, true or false? Assuming the employer needs to terminate an employee on maternity leave for legitimate reasons, like you just said, maybe the whole uh, company or at least uh, the wing has been shut down, the employer can let the employee go at any time, true or false? Hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting one, uh, John, and I'll have to say false. I'll have to say false only because of that last little bit, which is you mentioned at any time. Mm -hmm. That's incorrect, John. So it is actually true that, and we were just giving a a decent example of it, it, you know, an employee that's been on maternity leave and coming back to work, that employee's job isn't guaranteed 110%. If there is a department shutdown, if the position is eliminated and there is no other comparable position available, if the company stops operations, for example, I mean, there could be any number of reasons where the employee's job is going to be terminated. And this is aside from her maternity leave, right, or or the pregnancy. Of course, it goes without saying, if you're being let go, John, in part because you took maternity leave or because of your pregnancy, or whatever other medical issues might be going on. If it's for that reason, then that's very clearly discrimination. If it's not for that reason, if it's entirely unrelated to your leave, right, then you can be let go as painful as it is as an employee, but it's a question of when, uh, John, and it can't be before your return, long story short. uh, If it's a legitimate termination, it has to be on the day, effectively, that you were returned back to work. You cannot be terminated earlier than that. So if you were scheduled to return from your maternity leave September 1st, 2023, your employer can't let you go on August 30th or August 31st. They have to let you go the day you were you're going to be coming uh, back, at which point you would, of course, like any other employee, be owed severance based on your age, position, years of service, all of those factors. And guess what, John? You might even be owed additional severance in the circumstances because you coming back from mat leave was a factor as well that's going to be more difficult for you to find the job moving forward. That'll actually enhance your severance entitlements. And with that, uh, we are done for the Monday Night Edition. Reach out to Alex now going forward, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you tomorrow, 630, right back here with more of the Employment Law Show.